These are challenging times, but you don't have to navigate them alone. Welcome to How Can I Help? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz. I'm a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, a psychoanalyst, and best-selling author. And I'm here every week to answer your most pressing questions, hopefully with understanding, insight, and advice. What exactly is burnout? How does it make you feel? Occupational burnout is not actually a mental illness. It is not a DSM-5 diagnosis, as is typically reported for psychiatric diagnoses. It is, however, recognized by the World Health Organization as a collection of symptoms that are related to work. It is a syndrome, and it is due to an unsuccessful management of chronic stress related to work. It's basically defined as two or more weeks of symptoms from three general categories. The first category is energy depletion, emotional and physical. The second category is feeling distant or cynical or just generally negative about your job. And the third category is a decrease in effectiveness in terms of your job and that that is noticeable to you, it's distressing, and it hurts your work. So today, I am answering a question about occupational burnout. The symptoms result from an overall mismatch between the nature of the job, in other words, like what you believed and wished the job to be, and the actual job you are doing. So it may be that it's too much work. For example, after layoffs, when the remaining people have to pick up all of the extra work. Or it could be a lack of rewards. In other words, there's no sort of acknowledgement or reward built in to all the hard work that you're doing. It could be due to a lack of control. You have no control over how much and how long and when your employer has access to you. Could be due to a lack of fairness or a conflict in your values and those of your work. Symptoms are feeling exhausted mentally and physically, feeling sad or alternatively angry and detached or cynical, but all regarding your work, like you really don't care. Maybe even feeling bad at your job. An inability to concentrate feeling particularly irritable or cranky, or as I mentioned before, angry, feelings of helplessness, feelings of inertia. I can't do this. I can't get going. It might even be that you feel physically, literally weak. Some people experience a lot of aches and pains, headaches, stomach aches, back aches, and some people who have burnout report extreme sensitivity, like a sensitivity to sound. Interestingly, women tend to experience more of the exhaustion-related symptoms in terms of burnout, and men 
tend to experience more of what's called depersonalization, which are those feelings of being cynical or removed or numb regarding your job. Occupational burnout can affect workers in a variety of industries and occupations, but it is most commonly seen in jobs that involve high levels of stress, long hours, and high levels of responsibility. Some of the types of workers who are most susceptible to occupational burnout include healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, and other health professionals, first responders like police officers and firefighters, teachers, and other types of educational professionals, customer service representatives, and other people who are on the front lines, social workers, therapists, and other people in helping professions, managers and executives who work in high-pressure environments, and IT professionals and other technology workers. But really, anyone can experience occupational burnout, regardless of their industry or their occupation as long as they are subjected to chronic job stress. It is not unusual for workers to have a difficult time acknowledging that they actually are having occupational burnout. And there are several reasons why it might be difficult for them to do so. The first is stigma. Mental health issues, including burnout, still carry a stigma in some communities and people may be reluctant to admit they are struggling with burnout due to the fear of being judged or even discriminated against. Denial. People can be in denial about their symptoms and believe, you know, I'm really just tired or generally stressed, but not experiencing burnout. A fear of consequences. Admitting to burnout can lead to concerns about your job security or your performance evaluations, which can be a barrier to seeking help for it. Personal pride. Admitting to burnout can be perceived as a personal failure, and people may be reluctant to acknowledge that they are struggling in their work. And lack of awareness. Some people may not be aware of what burnout is, or may not recognize the symptoms in themselves. It's important for people to overcome these barriers and seek help if they are experiencing symptoms of burnout, because early intervention can help prevent the condition from getting worse and negatively impacting both their personal and professional life. In addition to the groups of employees I mentioned earlier who are at higher risk, workers in businesses that have experienced layoffs recently which is many companies these days, and are expected to pick up all the work of the people who have left in addition to their own and therefore have this increasing burden without often any recognition or particular reward, those people are also at quite high risk. And I'm seeing a lot of those people related to burnout. Researchers examining occupational burnout and depression 
have found that there are many similarities between these two states, more so with depression than, for example, anxiety disorders. But there are differences, mostly in severity of symptoms and the number of symptoms, but especially because a prominent part of burnout is the cynicism about and the distancing of oneself from their job. Occupational burnout can bleed over to include feeling stressed and burned out at home as well, especially if the stresses continue at home. For example, people with young children or other situations that simply require a lot of energy. And this can make the affected person feel burned out all the time. So with that, right after the break, we'll get to my listener's question. Welcome back. Let's get to my listener's question and see, how can I help? Dear Dr. Saltz, I am a nurse at a community hospital. I have always wanted to be a nurse and really started my career with great enthusiasm, feeling I was doing just what I was meant to do and really liked caring for patients. 2020 and 21 were very difficult years in nursing because of the pandemic. It was scary and we were often overwhelmed with the number of patients and how much each patient needed due to their level of illness. But I also thought, well, this is really a finite amount of time and I am doing amazing work and I can handle it. But by 2022, even though there were fewer people being hospitalized for COVID, I found that I was still being pulled too thin, having an overwhelming amount of work and getting very little support. But really, on top of that, I have found patients to be ever more demanding, less and less nice, and expressing almost constant dissatisfaction. Sometimes patients are outright yelling at me and nasty, and there seems to be nothing I can do about it and nothing my employer does about it. It all feels very helpless and miserable, and not what being a nurse or a healthcare provider should be. I find myself dreading going to work now, feeling dog-tired all the time, even feeling weepy sometimes, and often resentful and angry. Then I come home, and I'm cranky, and that's making my partner and myself pretty miserable too. I don't even feel that good at my job anymore, and this is really killing me. I don't think I can keep going this way, but to be honest, I don't have the financial luxury of quitting, so I feel trapped. Any suggestion of what I can do to make myself less miserable? Healthcare workers are one of the most affected groups when it comes to occupational burnout. You are describing the three hallmark areas of burnout. Feeling emotionally exhausted, feeling unconnected to your work, and feeling a loss of personal accomplishment at work. This has all happened in relation to the unending, prolonged, high stress of your work environment. 
the clearest examples of burnout that you describe is that being dog tired all the time, hating going to work, and the feeling now that you're bad at your job. I don't think there is any question. This is occupational burnout. I understand that you are not in a position to quit or move jobs, but there are things that you can do within your job to survive and improve the burnout. Some will come from you, but ideally some would come from your employer. Speaking to your direct boss about what support you can get, what can be delegated, what is reasonable to offer you towards rewards, how can your employer support setting limits with people who are being angry, aggressive, and unkind? How can your employer think about rewards in terms of the financial status of your job as well? And other types of rewards to help you feel better about the work and importantly, the value of the work that you are doing. Those are things that could help you, all of them, with burnout. On your end, there are also things you could do. First, I really would plan a break. This could be a vacation, could be a staycation, or even a mental health day. On that day or days, do zero related to work. Do not use this time to play catch up. Do not answer emails. And the point of this time is to do only relaxing and de-stressing things. This could be exercise if that's de-stressing for you but it could be being in nature, meeting with friends to talk and get some support, taking a warm bath, watching a fun movie, reading a great non-work book. The point is to do things and only things that take down the stress level. Next is focusing back on the mission and the meaning of your job. Thinking through what aspect of your job gives you a feeling of purpose and how can you focus more on that and less on the other parts. And during this time, we can forget to and really need to practice self-compassion, catching up on good sleep, being kinder to yourself and making it a real priority to do something Every day that de-stresses you. Put a time limit on when you will respond to anything work-related. When you get home, you are home. Be home. Do not do work. Do something relaxing. This is how you prioritize your mental health. If your mood continues to sink, however, you might want to use a mental health day to have a meeting with a mental health professional, to talk and assess whether you could benefit from some therapy sessions as well. I hope that was helpful. When should you consider taking a mental health day? Clear-cut examples or signs would be when you are unable to complete an established routine at work anymore and really do need to plan a break in the repetitive, high-stress situation of your daily job. 
when you recognize that you are struggling with burnout and can benefit from a day off to recharge. And if you feel emotionally and physically spent such that the idea of going into work just fills you with dread when you feel miserable at the prospect. Usually, it's good to plan a mental health day with a little lead time. But of course, there may be times when you need one urgently. And that's if you are feeling so overwrought, you can tell that going in that day will be completely unproductive. And what would a mental health day look like? It should be a day of de-stressing, a day of recovery. Preferably, I would say, with no using social media, which, while not necessarily work-related, most people, whether they realize it or not, find it is stressful. And no email. Plan instead a relaxing set of joyful activities, which could be, for example, lunch with a friend, going for a hike, curling up with a fun book or movie, exercise that you like, employing some relaxation techniques like paced deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, taking a warm bath, listening to music you like, having a meal that you really enjoy. You may run some needed but not noxious errands, so something that actually you don't find unpleasant. Maybe that is grocery shopping. Maybe it's clothing shopping. A therapy appointment could be something you do on a mental health day. And really important, what you don't want to do on a mental health day is increase alcohol use or use any drugs. Those are actually poor ways to cope will not distress you in the long term, could build a problem and not a suggestion for a mental health day. Burnout is something that is not really cured, but rather managed. Because this is a mismatch with work, work solutions as well as personalized solutions are what's needed. For example, stopping answering emails after 6 p.m., talking to your boss about how to delegate more, constructing more work-achievable goals so that you can feel satisfied at the completion of something. Consider thinking about what aspect of work could bring you more meaning or value or reward. Plan and take vacation days. It could be a staycation, but do take those days off. I recognize that being able to change jobs can be a privilege not everyone has, but sometimes it really might be what's needed, depending on your circumstance. And working to decrease stress levels overall by increasing your social support with regular aerobic exercise three to four times a week, working on sleep to get good quality, improved sleep, setting boundaries at work, taking tech breaks from time to time. Importantly, developing a creative outlet, something you enjoy creatively outside of work. And above all, practicing self-compassion. Do you have a problem I can help with? 
If so, email me at howcanihelp at senecawomen.com. All centers remain anonymous. And listen every Friday to How Can I Help? with me, Dr. Gail Saltz.